Welcome to this week's episode of the AEW Insider. I'm your host, Lee Benz. Remember to check out the AEW Insider on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, what have you. I also have videos, like I said, on YouTube, and you can catch this podcast on Anchor and all other major podcasting sites and apps, such as Google Play, iTunes, what have you. Uh, this is the second time I'm actually doing a show. I actually did it last night. It was almost an hour long. I went to upload it and it totally deleted. So I'm going to do it again, but I'm going to do a quicker version because I'm highly, highly upset. I never like doing anything twice, but I have to because you guys are my peeps. Let's go on to the Royal Rumble. The Royal Rumble pre-show. It did kick off with the coach hosting, Beth Phoenix, Booker T, and the King Jerry Lawler. The coach was the worst. He was stuttering again, messing up as always. He's lucky that him and Vince are good friends or he would have been gone a long time ago. I don't know how you could be in broadcasting for so long. He was in WWE, then ESPN, then back to WWE again. Uh, He actually got dropped from the main show as an announcer down to the pre-show. Coach, you keep screwing up. You can't really get any lower than a pre-show, than a, uh, excuse me, an interviewer. And then you'll be messing that up, too. So keep it up, man. They're going to be forced to put you at the door or in the backstage real quick. You're absolutely horrible, my friend. Uh, there was a bunch of stuff back to stage, like Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville cutting a promo, Drew McIntyre. Uh, the stadium they were in actually made an amazing sandwich they had for sale. It was an 18-ounce pork bratwurst patty on a toasted onion roll. It also had cheddar cheese, smoked bacon, crispy coleslaw, fried onions, and a barbecue sauce. And then they topped it off with fried macaroni and cheese wedges. I bet you that thing cost close to $30, if not $30 or more. My daughter and I have gone to many of these events, and I can only imagine what they were charging. A large souvenir cup drink alone at these events go anywhere from 13 to 15 bucks. It was a great uh, spot, though, for Daniel Bryan, because he's all about eating healthy and driving Priuses, what have you. So, of course, he cut a promo with him holding a burger telling the stadium they should be ashamed of themselves, they're going to give them heart attack, we shouldn't eat it, blah, blah, blah. I heard what my boy was saying, because what he's saying was right, but that sandwich looked damn good in his hand. All I wanted to do was take a bite of it. Let's go to the first pre-show match. Uh, It was actually between Bobby Roode and Chad Gable defending their tag team belts. Earlier, Drake Maverick went to Vince McMahon, and he is the manager of AOP. One of the guys is injured, so Rezar is still left to fight. He wanted them to get a shot at the belt because he has their best interest in heart. So he tagged them up with Scott Dawson on the Revival, which is crazy. If they won, they would get a future shot at the excuse me, tag team belts. So Bobby Roode and Chad Gable came out. They did their entrance. Bobby Roode's awesome. He's another guy that WWE got there, got there, a top guy, and then they wind up burying him. I mean, his entrance is one of the best, and he backs it up in the ring, and then Impact, he made a great heel. They should turn him heel and set him on fire. Chad Gable is awesome, too. They need to stop tagging him up with people. If they give him a good gimmick and make him go solo, the sky's the limit. Of course, they made quick work of Rezar and Scott Dawson, so they won't get a future title shot, which they didn't deserve, and they shouldn't have been together anyway. And it makes no sense. It tells me maybe that they're going to let uh, Dawson's partner actually go for a solo run, which I think that he should, actually. Uh, after that, Bobby Lashley and his spokesman Leo Rush came out to the crowd. They did a shoot about how they're going to dominate tonight. Thank God they teamed up Bobby Lashley with Leo Rush, because when he came back, he was doing nothing. That promo he cut with Sami Zayn and his sisters and everything, he was just getting nowhere. He would have got wasted in WWE again. 
since they tagged Leo Rush up with them, they breathed a new life into him. Now Bobby Lashley's awesome. He doesn't even have to say a word. You just let Leo Rush talk, just like you let Paul uh, Paul Heyman talk for Brock Lesnar. Uh, after that, it was a U.S. championship match. It was Shinsuke Nakamura going against the U.S. champion of Rusev. Shinsuke wanted his belt back. Uh, uh, Rusev started off quick. He was trying to knock him out going for pins, but Shinsuke was getting out, and Rusev was getting aggravated because he couldn't put him away. Towards the end of the match, Shinsuke went to remove the turnbuckle from the top row. Excuse me, from, he went to remove the pad from the top turnbuckle. Lana hopped up on the mat and was telling the ref that he's cheating, he's cheating, he's cheating. So Shinsuke went and got in her face. Rusev went to attack Shinsuke from behind. Shinsuke moved and he actually locked, knocked Lana off onto the ring mat. So while he was being concerned about what he just did to his wife, Shinsuke kicked him in the back of the head with a vicious kick. He pinned him for the one, two, three. Shinsuke got his belt back, and it's awesome. And then TakeOver went back, excuse me, went back on the air, and they had Alistair Black. They were all fighting and screaming last night. Because TakeOver, when it went off the air, excuse me, they didn't show all of it. They just showed last night that it was Johnny Gargano and Ciampa holding up their belts. Come to find out the Velveteen Dream showed up because he wants a shot at it. Adam Cole Bebe showed up because he wants a shot at it. And Alistair Black regained his consciousness from the ring and he came up because he wanted a shot at it. So all of them got into a big brawl and then Ricochet came out of nowhere also. They got into the back and Triple H had to split everybody up. He reprimanded them and they made a Super Bowl halftime fight. It's going to be Johnny Gargano, Adam Cole Bebe, and Thomas Ciampa against Ricochet, Alistair Black, and the Velveteen Dream. So if you're watching anything at the Supertime Halftime Show, you better be watching WWE NXT, because that's where it's going to be at. Maroon 5 who? Uh, after that, it was one of the best matches of the night. It was the cruiserweight match. It was a Buddy Murphy, Alexa Bliss's real-life fiancé, defending against Kalisto, Akira Tawaza, and Hideo Itami. Now, the match was pretty slow for a cruiserweight match, but it did have some decent spots. At one time, Kalisto flipped Tawaza off of his back onto the dude on the floor. So he was on the ring apron. He actually took Tawaza, I can't even say his name. He threw him at the opponent who was on the floor, and he landed on him with his back. It looked like it hurt. There were two different times in a match when Buddy Murphy got dropped on his head. I mean, literally. One by one wrestler and one by another. I don't even know how he got up. He literally should have been crippled after that. Uh, right before the pre-show went off the air, they cut the Drew McIntyre, cut a promo about all the people he took out and they're not around anymore. Now he was going to be the winner of the Rumble. The first match of the Rumble was Asuka versus the man, Becky Lynch. My pick was Becky Lynch, of course. The ladies both came out in new ring gear. They looked super hot. Asuka went powerful from the door. She was kicking butt and screaming things in Japanese. I love when she does that. Then Becky smacked her right in the face and went crazy telling Asuka to fight her. Asuka then kicked her in the head and the face a few times till Becky started whooping that ass. At one point, Becky suplexed her outside the ring into the ring barrier. It looked dope. Later, Asuka gave Becky a swinging DDD in the outside mat. After that, Becky gave Asuka a super exploder off the top rope. It was vicious. Becky then jumped off the top rope for a leg drop, and Asuka put her in her finisher. Becky reversed it and put her in her own submission move. Then Becky put her in her finisher disarma, and Asuka reversed that and put her in her modified finisher. She had Becky on her neck, too, on her head. It looked crazy and tapped her out. It's bullcrap. Becky Lynch is the most over-superstar on the roster out of men and women, and they made her title run so short, and she needs to get it 
it back. The winner of that match was Asuka. After that, it was the best tag team in the world. Shane McMahon and The Miz versus The Bar, Sheamus and Cesaro. My pick is Sheamus and The, excuse me, Shane O'Mac and The Miz. The Miz came out with Shane O'Mac. He had his jersey on. Shane came out with the matching jersey. They looked funny together. They stopped before they got in the ring to Miz's dad, who was on the outside. They were giving him hugs and giving him props. That's why the Miz wanted to team up with Shane, because Shane is actually Miz's father's favorite wrestler. The way he does coast to coast, what have you. And Miz really, really wanted to make him happy. Then the bar came out, Cesaro and Sheamus. Their outfits were dope, too. I think they're the only two dudes who can get away with wearing camouflage dark purple. It was dark purple and white. Real men can pull off purple though right uh, right off the bat Shane McMahon a speared Sheamus and started pummeling him Sheamus rolled outside the ring and was highly upset later Shane went for the coast to coast where he jumps from one side of the ring to the other then Sakaro caught him in that helicopter right in midair when he grabs him by his feet he spun around in the ring at least 12 times I don't know how Cesaro does not get dizzy when he's finished and just falls down but he always continues the match then Shane hit him with a double I mean then Shane got hit with a double white noise off like the middle rope which I'd never seen before it was awesome Cesaro then held him up to finish him off so Sheamus can hit him with the bro kick Miz pushed Cesaro right into Sheamus's kick and then uh what you call it Shane McMack went up to the top rope instead of doing the elbow he actually did a black backflip and landed on Cesaro and he got the one two three there were new tag team champions Miz's dad was excited Shane and Miz were excited winner of that match Shane McMahon and the Miz after that, it was Sasha Banks versus Ronda Rousey for the women's Raw title. Sasha had said backstage she was going to make her tap out. Sasha came out with new gear and was looking sexy AF. As always, I did not find her that way, though, because in real life, everybody knows she treats her fans outside the ring like crap. If you catch her in the airport or outside, if you're even lucky enough to get a picture of her, she's always got a puss on her face or she just dishes you, period. So, boss, even though you do look sexy and you are sexy, you can eat a bag of D's because you're not sexy to me when you treat people like that and it takes a right out of you. Uh, she did look super confident, though. She looked like she was ready to fight, not scared of a, uh, or phased by a former USC champion. Then Rhonda came out with a new black and white kilt with Roddy Roddy Piper's jacket on. Roddy was her idol and she asked him for permission to use the name Roddy before he passed away. After he passed away for her first match, his son flew in and gave her his last leather jacket he wore. So she always wore it. Uh, they, went, they went at it from the gate. Banks reversed her moves, then they went back and forth, and they kept reversing each other's submission hold. Banks' favorite wrestler was the late great Eddie Guerrero. Ronda had the gall to try to three Eddie suplexes in a row, where he suplexes you, he doesn't let go, does it again, doesn't let go, does it again. On the third one, Sasha blocked it and then put her in a bank statement. Ronda reversed it into an armbar. Banks was very aggressive, taking it to the ex-real-life USC champion. You go, gal. Ronda went for the Piper's pit, but Banks reversed it. Sasha then put her in a vicious armbar, and it looked like she was going to dislocate her shoulder while breaking her arm at the same time. She then put her in a bank statement again. Ronda got out of it and hit her with the Piper's pit. Holy F, that match was awesome so far. Sasha then gave her a suplex off the top and got a two count. She then put her right into another submission. They kept going back and forth, back and forth. Sasha had the heard her in her bank statement again, and Ronda kept trying to get to the ropes. Banks kept kipping her fingers so she couldn't grab the ropes, stomping them like she's done before in past matches, which is awesome. Ronda got out of it and hit her with the Piper's Pit, and she got the one, two, three. The Piper's Pit is a very, very weak finisher. It doesn't look like you can take 
take anybody out. And somebody who's supposed to come off as strong and as vicious as Ronda Rousey definitely needs a better finisher than a Piper's pick because it looks super weak. Sasha whooped her butt and she deserved the belt. Ronda helped her up and tried giving her pops, but Sasha wasn't hearing it. She just left the ring and started walking down the ramp. Ronda then went and kissed her hubby outside, uh, the other USC champion. She went and kissed him. Everybody knows she wants to leave and go have babies, so hopefully it'll happen soon. Uh, then Sasha came back and she put the four horsewoman finger in her face. She wouldn't give her pops. She wouldn't like you know say they were cool, blah, blah, blah. She just stared her up and she put the four fingers up. Now, everybody knows since Ronda came, and Shayna Baszler came that they all wanted the four horsewomen of W of NXT slash WWE versus the four horsewomen of UFC. So the four horsewomen of NXT is Sasha Banks, Charlotte Flair, Becky Lynch, and Bailey. The UFC ones is Ronda Rousey, Shayna Baszler, and her two girls she's got with her in NXT. So WWE, we want it to happen. You guys got to make it happen before one or two of them leaves, and it's never going to happen again. Make it happen. So far, the night, that was the best match. Uh, the women's rumble came after that, but I'll say the women's and the men's rumble for last. So we'll skip over to the Daniel Bryant versus AJ Styles match for the SmackDown World title. My pick was Daniel Bryant. Very, very boring match for the most part, which is very disappointing. A lot of back and forth at a very slow pace. I love Daniel Bryant being the eco-friendly, Prius driving, trendy spending heel. He is amazing at it. Instead of saying yes, 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 or no, 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 he goes around calling people fickle. Instead, it's awesome. AJ did an awesome backflip off the ring barrier into a reverse DDT and slammed Brian's head on the mat. At one point, Brian gave AJ a backdrop off the top rope, but AJ landed on his feet, and Brian caught the worst of it. It looked pretty insane. AJ tried to tap him out right after, but Brian, Brian escaped. Styles went for the flying forearm for the outside, and Daniel Bryan caught him for even pretty much left the ground. Then he tried it again, and Daniel Bryan kicked him right out of the air. The idiot. I was like, whoa. AJ's arm was all screwed up during the match from the submissions. Daniel Bryan's leg was all screwed up, and they would just keep going at it. Uh, Daniel Bryan hit him with a kick, and right after AJ hit him with a Pele kick, and they both fell down. They were laid out. All of a sudden, Eric Rowan made his way to the ring. I was like, what the F? The ref got, ref got knocked out after that aj hit daniel bryan with his finisher to styles clash he could have got a 10 count pretty much then eric rowan came into the ring he literally palmed aj by his face and just gave him a face slam like a choke slam but with his like a basketball in his hand just slammed him to the mat uh what you call it he planted aj aj was out the ref comes to right after of course daniel bryan goes to cover him one two three God, I love heels. Heels are the best. They were, there's what makes wrestling fun. After the match, Rowan holds AJ up, his hand up. Excuse me. After the match, Rowan holds AJ up, and Daniel Bryan gives him a flying running knee to the face. AJ's out. Rowan then grabs Daniel Bryan's hand with the title and raises it, and they walk out together while AJ's left a broken mess in the ring. This new tag team is going to be, well, not tag team, but this new alliance of stable is going to be dope because they need to do something with Eric Rowan, and he looks the part. He's got the big beard like Daniel Bryant. They put him in a flannel shirt like Daniel Bryant. So I can't wait to see what their story is going to be tomorrow on SmackDown. 
Let me see. I have to find out the championship match for the Universal title was Finn Balor, the original and first Universal champion. My daughter and I were at SummerSlam in Brooklyn when he won that belt, and he got injured that night and had to give the belt up the following night. You should have heard the crowd's reaction. That's the first night that they um, revealed the Universal title. That place went insane and not in a good way, and they edited it out when you watch it. They were just booing for about 10 minutes straight because it was so ugly. Uh, so Finn came out with a sharp new jacket. The crowd was behind him as always. He definitely should have broken out his alternate persona of the demon for this match. I'll probably save it for the Reed match. The crowd kept giving him Balor his old Bullet Club signs because he used to be the first original leader of Bullet Club in New Japan. They kept going, too sweet! too sweet. And then the beast music hits. Brock Lesnar and Paul Heyman make their way towards the ring. As always, Brock looks like somebody pissed in his Cheerios. The ring announcer announces Balor, then Heyman grabs the mic to give Lesnar his proper introduction and claims Brock will keep the title all the way to Mania. He said it's not a prediction, it's a spoiler. Balor attacks from the gate, keeps giving Brock flying dropkicks. Brock is in shock. Balor goes for one too many and gets caught with a vicious belly-to-belly suplex. Balor kept fighting all like a wounded animal. Brock's midsection is hurt bad, you can tell. Even though after that he was the one giving the suplexes and dishing out the pain, every time he got done doing one, you could see the pain it caused in his stomach. Balor caught him in the gut again and hit him with a sling blade. Brock gets up and takes a Brock gets up and gives Balor a vicious clothesline. I swear I thought he broke his neck. I thought I heard his neck snap, but it was just his skin and the sweat. It was vicious. Uh Finn regained the upper hand a little bit later and kept working Brock's gut, just stomping on him with one foot, then two, one foot, then two. It was awesome. Balor was bringing it to him. Balor and Brock hit, Balor hit Brock with his finisher to coup de gras, and Brock kicked out of course and put put Finn in his finisher. Well, his, his signature hold the Kimura lock. His finisher's the S five, but he didn't even need it. He just put him in a Kimura lock, and Balor tapped out. Of course, Brock Lesnar retains the title. What a fight it was, though. Brock gets up and keeps giving Balor suplexes. Suplex City, bitch. Brock is mad for what Finn did to him. He embarrassed him. He holds up his universal title and he leads the champ. And he is going to keep it to WrestleMania, like Heyman said. Now on to the Women's Royal Rumble. This will be a little bit boring, but we'll get through it. Uh, the number one entrance was Lacey Evans, the new female from NXT who got the call up. I watch her in NXT. That chick is tall, vicious, and she can back it up. She's going to be a star. After that, it was Natalia number two, Mandy Rose number three, Liv Morgan number four, number five was Mickey James, number six was Amber Moon, number seven was Billy Kay. Billy Kay had a great spot. She used her head like most heels do. She wouldn't get into the ring because you know if you don't get into the ring, you can't get eliminated. So she said she was going to wait outside for her partner, Peyton, Peyton Royce, to come so the Iconics can go in there together. While she was waiting, number eight got called out, which was Nikki Cross. That's the wrong person you want to get called out when you're sitting outside the ring waiting. So Nikki came out, she did her thing, and then she attacked Billy Kay. She threw into the ring barrier. Billy Kay was all messed up. But right after, number nine was her partner, Peyton. Peyton Royce. So they went in together, they were beating some butt, and they actually eliminated Nikki Cross together. She should have kept her hands off of Billy Kay, obviously. 
Number 10 was Tamina. Number 11 was Lo Sali. Number 12 was Sarah Logan of the Ruby of the Riot Squad. Uh, what was I going to say? Liv Morgan was uh, got eliminated as soon as she got in. She was number four of the Riot Squad. As soon as she got into the ring, they kicked her right out. Uh, number 13 was the Queen Charlotte Flair. Number 14 was Kari Sane. I cannot stand Kari Sane like I said in the past. I think she's not a great wrestler. I think her gimmick is the worst with that dumb pirate wheel. She didn't bring a pirate wheel out, but she brought a big old pirate telescope instead. She's an idiot. They need to get rid of her. Besides that elbow, she brings nothing to the table. Number 15 was Maria Kanellis, which is surprising because if you follow wrestling, you know the last couple of weeks, her and her husband supposedly asked for their release for the WWE. WWE does not like their business and dirty laundry getting aired out for the public. So what I heard last is that they were taking off all live main events. They weren't doing any live game events. They had a big February Valentine special plan that got canceled, and they were pretty much going to sit home like they did with Neville. Can't wrestle anywhere else. Make minimum money. They'll pay you till your contract comes out, but you do nothing. I'm hoping they didn't just recruit her for the Rumble, and they do give them a second shot. But if not, they're just going to recruit her when they need her and let them sit home and collect that paycheck. And they better not, because Canellis has a well-known drug habit he went to rehab for. Idle hands get a little crazy. You let him sit home with a pocket full of money and be smoking crack with that baby in the house uh after that was naomi number 16 as soon as she got in she took out mandy rose and then mandy rose tried taking her out but naomi did something where she walked on her hands or did a flip and she landed on a barrier she walked the whole barrier across to the ring steps she did her jump like she did last year she was about to enter herself back into the rumble and then mandy came out and knocked her off the steps Karma's a B, you know what I mean? Uh, after that, it was Candice LeRae, Johnny Gargano's real-life wife. Number 18 was Alicia Fox. Number 19 was a surprise. It was Mighty Casey. Now, if you don't know Casey, I've seen her since the first Ninja Warrior. She was the first female Ninja Warrior to actually compete it, the first female champ, and the first female to ever scale that wall. When it was her turn to get eliminated, she actually did a handstand, walked all the way across the outside mat, put her legs around the uh, turn, uh, excuse me, the ring pole. She wrapped it around it, and from a handstand position, she did a flip and pulled herself back into the ring. It was awesome. Number 20 was my baby Zelina Vega. As I said before, she does have the best rear in the biz. Then there's Alexa Bliss. But I seen Selena Vega at NXT TakeOver in Philly when Andrade for Johnny Gargano. You have not seen a butt like that or hers until you see it in person. So if you get a chance, definitely check it out. But it was awesome. Since her ring name is Vega and she is a video gamer, she actually came out with Vega's mask from Street Fighter with the claw that matched. It was epic. She played it smart too. Instead of getting in a ring, she ran under the ring and she was hiding in there for the whole match to strike at the right time a little bit later she came out of under the ring all scared you wondered what was going on and it was hornswoggle hornswoggle is either back or he was just back for a one-time shot I hope he is back, but I don't know, because the last couple of months and years, he's been on YouTube making some pretty vicious videos, airing Dirty Laundry out again, which WWE doesn't like. They have videos asking him, like, is this person a douche in real life, or are they cool? And he's putting people on the spot. So hopefully it isn't a one-off on Little Man's back, but we'll see. Number 20 was Ruby Riot. She did a smart thing, too. She brought down her eliminated members of the uh, Riot Squad. They couldn't get back in the ring, of course, but they were just grabbing women by their feet, pulling them under 
under the bottom rope, beating the snot out of them, getting them all tired so they can get them back in the ring and eliminate them, which was awesome. Uh, Dana Brooke came out as number 22. Number 23 was Io Shari. Number 24 was Rhea Ripley. Rhea Ripley is awesome. If you have not seen her, you must check her out on NXT UK. That woman is going to be a star. She's tall, she's big, she's vicious, and she's got the, the skills to back it up. Rhea Ripley is going to be huge. After that was my baby Sonya Deville. Put her hair up and she was ready to square up. Sonya Deville is amazing also. She's only 23 years old, I believe, or 24. She's a real-life kickboxer, and that chick is vicious. She's going to be big, man. Uh, number 25, excuse me, number 26 was Alexa Bliss. The pop for her was huge. This is the first time in four months that she actually got the fight in the ring, so the crowd went nuts for her. Number 27 was Bailey. Bailey came and took people out. She was taking out Ruby Riot, Rhea Ripley. She was taking out everybody. Uh, let me see. All right, so, I mean, that was really, really good. And then, uh, what you call it? I don't even have the rest of my papers like an idiot. Hold on one second. Sorry about that, my friends. Friends, I actually do type this out before I do it because if not, there's so much to remember and I will forget and I don't want to leave out key parts. As I was traveling into my little broadcasting room, I dropped a piece of paper. So I apologize. Number 28 was Lana. Lana is the bomb. She was making her way to the ring and she got beat up really, really bad. So she couldn't even make it into the ring. Uh, after that was Nia Jax. Lana was still laying on the floor. She attacked her a little bit when there. And then number 30 was my baby Carmella. I love me some Carmella. They need to give her a new title run. Nobody believed in that chick at all. And she did really, really good when she had the belt. So I hope she does get it again in the future. And plus, I love looking at her. I will marry her one day. Big Cash, you done messed up when you lost her, bro. And then out of nowhere, Becky Lynch comes out. Her music hits. She's sitting there where Lana's laid out on the floor and demanding to the referees and uh, Fit Finley that she should have Lana's spot in a match. Since Lana can't compete, she wants to be in a match. Uh, and they actually let her go in a, a rumble. She goes right after Nia Jax who months ago legit broke uh, Becky Lynch's eye socket. So they were going at it. The final three were Nia Jax, Charlotte Flair and the man, Becky Lynch. I was like, come on, Becky. Then Nia ran her over outside and tweaked Becky's knee. Becky gets in a ring and says she can fight. Uh, what you call Nia got eliminated. Flair goes right after her knee, of course, and kept working on it. Then Becky got her to the outside. Yes, the man is on top again. Becky Lynch is the winner of the Women's Royal Rumble, and now she can reclaim her gold at Mania. And me and my daughter will be there. We're going to be there all week, like I said. We're going to be doing a Ring of Honor Supercard before that. We're going to be going to the Bullet Club block party before WrestleMania. We're going to be doing Access and all that. So definitely listen to the podcast and check out AEW Insider on YouTube because the videos are going to be sick. On the scene, we're going to be getting in. Now on to the Men's Royal Rumble. Uh, my pick was Drew McIntyre to win. Number first was Elias. He was in a ring with his guitar, and the crowd loves him, man. He came so far and did a total turnaround, even though he's kind of a heel still. He asked them what WWE stands for, and of course they replied, Walk with Elias. Then he goes to perform, and then, boom, Jeff Jarrett's music hits, which is insane. That's right, T. that's me. Number two in the Men's Royal Rumble 2018, Jeff Jarrett. So he gets in, and Elias looks 
looks at him, and Elias is actually happy that he's there and says, like, this must be fate, man. You know, we need to perform a duet together. So they ask the crowd if they want a duet, and of course the crowd does. Boom! Elias sneaks him with a right hand. Bop! Knocks Jared to the ground. I wish he would have hit him with his guitar, of course. And then my prayers were answered. A couple seconds later, Jared was trying to get up off the ground, and Elias broke that guitar right over his back and eliminated him. See you, J-E-double-F. It was good seeing you. We'll see you in another 10 years. Uh, number two was Shinsuke Nakamura, who was last year's winner of the Rumble. Number four was Kurt Angle. Number five was Big E Langston. Number six was Johnny Gargano. Uh, he hit Elias with a vicious spear from the outside apron through the ropes. It was awesome. I love Johnny wrestling. After that, it was Jinder Mahal. He got taken out super quickly, and then his cronies got beat up also. After that was Samoa Joe. Uh, let me see. Kurt Hawkins came out as number nine. Kurt Hawkins did what Zelina did. He wasn't trying to get eliminated. He's on a 256 match losing streak, so he went and hit under the ring. Number 10 was Seth Rollins. Number 11 was Titus O'Neil. If you remember, everybody, he tripped and fell under the ring when he was trying to get into it last year. So everybody was wondering if he was going to fall again. He ran to the ring, but then he stopped himself before that. He put his hands up. The crowd loved it. He did his hoo, 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 hoo. Crowd was behind him. Kurt Hawkins peeked his head at the bottom of the ring, so Titus went in after him. They came out of the other side of the ring. Kurt got back in the ring. Titus got back in the ring. Titus went after Kirk, and Kurt ducked him and eliminated him right over the tight rope. So see you, Titus, but at least you didn't fall under the ring this year. You actually went under there yourself. Uh, let me see. Number 12 was Kofi Kingston, Number and he was almost eliminated a couple times, too, but he did his moves and stayed back in. Number 13 was Mustafa Ali. Mustafa Ali is going to be huge. That kid is going to be a star. You just mark my words. Number 14 was the lunatic fringe or the old lunatic fringe. Dean Ambrose ready to wreck some shop. Uh, number 15 was No Way Jose. He came out with his stupid conga line. He got kicked out before he even really got in. He got in a ring and got taken right out. And he didn't even care. He had his posse with him. So they just were all happy. They were conga into the back. And then Drew McIntyre came out. My pick of the winner of the Rumble. He was just taking people out of that conga line out boom 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 just destroying people it was awesome after that xavier woods came out as xavier was making his way to the ring drew mcintyre went to eliminate kofi kingston kofi kingston landed on xavier and one of his feet didn't touch the match so instead he climbed on xavier's back they did some crazy tricks they got back up to the ring steps and onto the apron kofi wasn't eliminated again as him and xavier were about to get into the ring drew hit him with a vicious double clothesline and eliminated to both of them. Number 18 was the bruiserweight, Pete Dunn. Everybody was hoping Pete Dunn was going to be there. That guy is awesome, man. He's been the NXT champ for so long it's not even funny and he deserves it. He will lose it soon enough, though. Number 19 is everybody's new favorite, Andrade Cien Almas. That guy's going to be huge, too. We've seen him fight Johnny Gargano at NXT TakeOver Philly. That match was something to see. That guy's going to be a huge star. Number 20 was Apollo Crews, another wasted talent that WWE craps on. Number 21 was another guest star from NXT, which was Aleister Black. He's so ready for the main roster. They just need him on NXT right now, but the crowd went absolutely sane for him. Number 22 was like seeing a ghost. It was Shelton Benjamin. Number 24 was Jeff Hardy. Everybody still loves Jeff Hardy, and the ladies do too. Uh, I've seen a lot of live events, and whenever Randy Orton comes out or Jeff Hardy, the chicks go 
go nuts. My daughter and I have floor seats to a SmackDown locally years ago, and this 40-something-year-old woman would not sit down because she was swooning over Randy Orton, and they actually had to discipline her and make her sit down because my child couldn't see. But it's something, man. Chicks go retarded for Jeff Hardy and Orton. But Jeff Hardy was there, and it's always good to see him because he's the man. After that, Rey Mysterio came. I don't even know why they hire him back. He can go back where he came from. I never really liked Rey. After that, number 26 was Bobby Lashley. He got taken out in two seconds by Seth Rollins. He then pulled Seth Rollins out of the ring and was dominating him. While he was doing that, Leo Rush was clearing off the announcer's table. Then Bobby helped him. He picks up on the announcer's table and actually pretty much chokeslammed, tossed him. Not through that table, but through the one next to it. So Seth was out for a while. Uh, after that, Braun Strowman came in. Now it's time to clear some dead weight. He's got most eliminations ever in the Rumble with 13. I believe behind him is Roman Reigns or Kane. Kane's got actually the most appearances in the Rumble, which is like 42 or 43. There's a little Rumble trivia for you. Uh, what you call it? Braun Strowman took Corbin right out because they had beef Baron Corman. And the grand karma got him and that he was not done with them yet. Dolph Ziggler came out. Took out Drew McIntyre ASAP. There goes my pick, Drew, but I have to go for Seth now. He deserves it, but probably they'll give it to Braun uh, and have a fight Rocket Mania with two beasts colliding. But Dolph Ziggler, everybody knows, is my favorite current wrestler right now. They don't give him his dues, but nobody, and I mean nobody, is better in the ring than Ziggler. It's a shame his contract is up soon, and from what they say, he's going to do a little hiatus. Well, maybe he'll come over the AEW where he belongs. Uh, after that, 29 was Randy Orton. Martin. And then 30 was R-Truth. R-Truth, just like Camelo, automatically got number 30 because they both won a mixed match challenge together. As R-Truth was making this to his ring, way to the ring, rapping his stupid song, Nia Jax came out and actually attacked him, which was insane. Nia Jax beat the brakes off of him. I was like, what the F? Then Nia Jax demanded that she be in a rumble. She made her way into the rumble and started fighting men. She was taking on Rey Mysterio, fighting everybody. Braun Strowman, it didn't matter. Eventually, Rey took her out. And then it was Braun and Seth were the final two. They kept going back and forth, back and forth, and they finally got outside onto the ring. Uh, apron. I don't know how, but outside of ropes on a ring, you know, mat, they were hitting each other with different moves. This one was going to teeter off. This one was going to fall off. This one was going to fall off. Seth actually hit him with a move where Braun went and he smacked into the ring post with his shoulder. And about a move or two later, Seth literally just curb stomped his face right in the outside ring mat and Braun was eliminated. So your Royal Rumble winner and he will be the champion. He will be the guy who beats Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania. Like I said, we will be there. Will be Seth Rollins. I wish Seth Rollins was a bad guy because he had such an awesome heel run and he was a good champ then until his knee did him dirty. Uh, what you call it? Seth can definitely take out Brock and he'll actually had a great year last year and before. The guy's like an all-around MVP and he will be a good champion. And one of the best pops and one WrestleMania moments is when he did cash in his money in the bank and stole that belt off of Brock and Roman. I still see him on a ramp swinging that belt around like a maniac. A little kid's dream came true that day. Uh, Seth's real name is Kobe Lopez, and if you watch the videos ever since he's a little kid, he wanted to be a wrestler. Then he was Tyler Black in the Indies, and now Seth Rollins, and he deserves everything he's getting, and I'm so glad he made a comeback. So Seth Rollins will be taking that belt finally off of Brock Lesnar at Mania, and then we will actually have a fighting champion who's there pretty much every week on Raw. 
And that's really it. That's the Royal Rumble show, people. Um, what you call it? Last night it was actually 59 minutes. This is only about 35. That's because I did the NXT pre-show and the NXT. But I, like I said, it didn't record and I wasn't in the mood. I hate redoing things when I have to redo them again. Plus, I got to do my re I redo my YouTube video because I messed up several times in it and the editing isn't working. So I'm just not in a good mood tonight. But anyway, I will be back next week. Uh, well, real quick, too, we do have some AEW's news, which you think we should get to, huh? Um, at the Royal Rumble, there's footage going around. The security guard's actually making a fan take off his AEW shirt, which is ridiculous. This is about the third time I've seen this since they had their press conference. WWE, I don't know where you guys get off or you get the gall. That boy bought a ticket. He can wear anything he wants as long as it's not derogatory on the camera because you got to protect your little PG image for your investors but it's bullcrap how are you going to tell somebody who had a ticket who bought to pay to be there that he can't wear his shirt like they literally made him take it off if he didn't have one under what would he do it was crazy so they keep doing that they're just going to keep pushing people away and people aren't going to come to your live events aew doesn't even want to really compete with you or take you out i mean they just want to do their own thing they want to make their way you keep doing this and treating fans and showing that fear <laughs> They'll smell like a shark in the water, and it's going to be WCW all over again. And it might be a different come out, excuse me, a turnout this time at the end. Uh, and then after that, the Young Bucks put on their show, Being the Elite, today. They uploaded it. It was an awesome episode, as always. They let Joey Janela shine again. They had the Cody skit. Cody and uh, MJX are real, real good friends. And the skit's been awesome because Cody, MJF is Cody's pre uh, protege. And, uh, excuse me. As they're going to say, every time he's with Cody, he acts cool. He acts like he's happy to be there. He's learning so much. And as soon as Cody walks away, then he turns on people like, I hate you. You're a dirt ball. He curses them out. And he's totally pulls a 180. He's evil. But when Cody's there, he acts like he's the nicest guy ever. So Brandy's seen Cody walking through their house with a picture, and she stopped him. And she said, yo, isn't that a picture of Marty's skull? You actually covered Marty's skull's head with, uh, what you call it, um, <laughs> MJF? And Cody was sitting there denying it, blah, blah, blah. I won't ruin it for you but you got to check it out it was great but the best part of the being the elite episode that was posted today is when it went off the air they did like a marvel movie little bonus scene it had matt jackson sitting at the table and he was on his cell phone he was like i can't believe they actually thought you were going to be there he's like you found your phone so you're good all right we'll see you soon he hung the phone up and then they did a cut scene to somebody else their phone was face down they picked their phone up and they turned it over and it had a counter on it it said nine days, 15 hours, and a couple minutes. So everybody's speculating that it is Kenny Omega, but Kenny Omega's contract is up is actually in a couple days on the 31st, only a couple days away, but it does say nine days. But if you guys follow AEW, you do know that their big pre-sale ticket party for Double or Nothing is at the MGM Grand Pool, uh, excuse me, MGM Grand Pool, and it actually is nine days away on February the 7th. So I'll bet my left nut that it will be confirmed and that's what the announcement will be made that Kenny Omega the number one free agent the best wrestler in the world right now will be joining AEW mark my words and mark excuse me watch that ticket press conference February 7th it's going to be amazing Kenny Omega is finally arrived
All right, guys, that's it for this week. Again, this is the AEW Insider. I'm your host, Lee Benz. Please check out the podcast that I do at least once a week on Anchor, Google Play, iTunes, Spotify, Breaker, Radio, everything it's on. Also, check out my YouTube videos. It's under AEW Insider on YouTube. I also have a group on Facebook called the AEW Insider and also on Twitter. I do great tweets and retweets. Uh, Definitely also join our second group called the WFW Fan Group. And on the norm, if you want everything WWE, check out my boy Tutooth on Jobber Jabber Wrestling Universe. He does a podcast a couple times a week. He's got some other videos on YouTube. He's on Twitter and he's also on Facebook. So Jobber Jabber Wrestling Universe and the AEW Insider. My friends, like I said, if you don't let me down, I won't let you down and you guys haven't so far. This is a blast and I love doing it. So I will be back with a show very soon. Again, this is Lee Bentz with the AEW Insider. I'll see you later.